Well, 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 gentlemen. Hello and welcome. What a time to be alive. Mr. Max, greetings, fine sir. No black pill Friday for us, let me tell you. Uh, white pills everywhere, frankly. Frankly. Hope you guys have had a, a great time yesterday uh, for all the American uh, Thanksgiving. Let's Drongo, good evening, fine sir. Just feel like I need to get my, my studio working out over here. There we go. Okay. Okay. We're, we're all good over here, people. <clears throat> I had a phenomenal day myself eating way too much. Had a good time with the in-laws and uh, read uh, George W., the original George W., George Washington, that is, his proclamation uh, for Thanksgiving back in 1797 or something like that. Maybe even 1787. Who knows? Um, but classic Christian nationalism posting. Uh, there was a really good, uh, you know how it is on Twitter. You just, you end up in random threads, right? So here I was uh, in random thread corners of the dark web. Eh? I don't know. What is that? What even is that? I think Mr. Max's blog is the dark web. <coughs> so um, I ended up on this thread where the chap was saying how, uh, Left-wing propaganda. Oh, it was one of Cernovich's tweets. There we go. I have a feeling Cernovich is busy reading like Storm of Steel or Peter Kemp's books or something. So well done to the Mystery Grove, guys. But he was just saying how, in light of the uh, Bolshevik Revolution, how, uh, you know, why is it that the left has such good propaganda? And so some uh, some erudite gentleman uh, in, the, in the comments, he basically said that left-wing propaganda appeals to the masses because by nature, the left, democracy, egalitarianism, baseness, uh, no authority, no God, it is by nature the lowest con common denominator that it appeals to. Whereas right-wing uh, thought, right-wing propaganda, right-wing belief, philosophy, projection, whatever you want to call it, framing, we believe in hierarchy. We believe in authority. We believe in God. We believe in the rulers, uh, and therefore our propaganda, our message is to those who sit in hierarchy, who sit in authority. Because just like we've seen with the mandates with normies, you, we are not trying to reach the normies because you know if you reach the patriarchs, if you reach those in authority, if you reach uh, the, the, the governors, they will impose policy. On the normies and the normies will normalize the normies will be like okay we'll put it on like you know everyone's like you can't legislate morality and it's like in a democracy no because there there is no morality in a democracy because it's do what you please but in a in a hierarchy uh what the king says goes and so i thought that was a, a fascinating and wonderful uh kind of just you know thought frame there from that fine anonymous poster erudite poster drongo max is the neon web so bright i have to read his blog with my blue light blockers <clears throat> so you know i was just thinking about today i uh i obviously uh you know thoroughly enjoy uh coaching you know i played rugby growing up coached coached it quite a bit and, and thoroughly enjoyed it and i think it's a wonderful tool 
you know, blood sports, whether they be, you know, fighting sports or, or blood sports, are a wonderful tool uh, for masculine character building. They're a wonderful tool for uh, uh, values and, and character development for young men. You know, and so while I wholesale agree that sports ball and and professionalization of sport uh, has been a detriment to our society. And the reason it is a detriment is because it is such a powerful tool. It's that we do to sports ball what libertarians do to the ring of government power. We're like, oh, sports ball has destroyed our society, which it right, rightly has. We should eschew it. It's like, no, no, no. Whoever wields sports ball has a powerful cultural tool to shape normies to shape culture right so <coughs> sports is basically controlled uh, to normalize you know behavior you can you can basically make you know if you have a christendom if you have civilization and moral and righteous rulers you know bureaucrats administrators etc coaches you can use rugby to normalize traditional values you can use uh, football to normalize traditional values you can use soccer uh, to to normalize and champion traditional values amongst the masses, you know, believe it or not. And so we don't throw it away. It's just like, okay, we need to get men who are going to be based absolute chads and uphold traditional values and honor the Lord uh, into administrative, bureaucratic, boardroom, decision-making power over professional sports. You know, so anyway, all of that being said, I was trolling uh, my... Uh, my coaching kind of newsfeed just to, you know, keeping abreast on, on coaching stuff. And I was just like <coughs> hit with a pang of demoralization. You know, so many of these guys who I follow for, for coaching kind of insight and whatnot are like absolute normies, complete normies, uh, and maybe a, a little bit clown. But again, I don't, I don't think they are the clowns themselves. They aren't the ones actively thinking about how to push cultural degeneracy. They're just in the flow and normalizing and protecting the, the norm, the cultural norms. But, you know, they're, they're like, oh, you, you know, basically just going on and on about waxing um, and then going on and on about other such cultural degeneracies. And, and, you know, it's just like, I was just like, Lord, like, am I the only guy? Am I the only based guy, you know, in trying to, trying to, you know, work as unto the Lord in the sport domain? And uh, I started to get blackpilled on this black Friday. And so it was just like, it was the immediate reframe. I was like, no, 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 no victimhood. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim of normies retardation. I'm not a victim of clowns trying to destroy God's creation. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I will not despair. You know, and you, you have to, you have to check yourself. You know, that's Elijah <coughs> after he's gone and absolutely crushed against the prophets of Baal. He, he's like, oh Lord, like, <laughs> you know, he goes and despairs because it's like, you realize you're the only one. You're the only guy, you know, to, to yourself, to, to yourself. You're like, am I the only guy? Lord, am I the only guy? You know, and you've just had to do battle against 400. It seems that there are 400 times as many normie, clowny people who are against the ways of God uh, than you are willing uh, to stay as a humble and fear, fearing of the Lord. And so we retweet, ret retweet, we retreat, we retweet to our cave of despair. Oh, guys, I'm in despair. 
we retreat to our cave of despair and nihilism and individualism and like, Lord, I'm the only one and they're trying to kill me too. Lord, I'm the only one and they're trying to mandate me too. And I was like, no, no, no. Like God's like, no, 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 you're not the only one. Like there's 7,000 uh, absolute based chads out there who have not bowed the knee nor kissed the ring of Baal. Okay? Go, go back out. Go back out there and do what I've told you to do. Go give your gift. Go unbury your talent. Go crush. And I think that that is kind of the, that's how they get us. The demoralization is to say, you are alone. You're the only guy, no one else. And we're coming to get you. You know, that's the, that's the kind of like demoralization. Once you realize that you're like, no way, it's okay. I'm kind of feeling lonely. I was like, no, no, no. there's 7,000 other dudes. You are just so busy focusing on the 400 absolute mad clowns and normies around you. You need, to, you need to get that out of your vision and you need to focus on, all right, Lord, show me the 7,000. Show me the 7,000 other dudes who have not folded. And that's when you get your spirits up. You get your, 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 your courage and your hope up because you know that the Lord has got a remnant. And again, because we are not democratic, because we are not egalitarian, we are hierarchical, we are authoritarian, you don't need the masses. You know, everything God does, he doesn't do it through democracy and egalitarianism. He does it, he does it through a few faithful men who will wield the, the crown and wield the sword uh, with fearlessness and, and as unto the Lord. You know, one will put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. Authority beats democracy every time. <clears throat> God will not be mocked, you know. And so it's, it is that it's this like absolute white pill when you realize like, all right, Lord, you are with me. I will not be afraid. You are with me. I will not fold. I will not cower. And so, you know, it comes to, to, to the big thing here of like, you know, what is it that we are seeking as men? You know, there's that proverb that says by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. You know, those are the three things that we're all saved or unsaved, Christian or unchristian, pagan or whatever you are. We are all of us seeking riches and honor and life. <coughs> and the Bible tells us how to get that. You know, the Bible says it is by humility and fear of the Lord. What is what is humility? Humility as opposed uh, to pride, some would say, right? Pride is, is I am better than God. I don't need God. I am God. And the flip side of pride is condemnation. So you could say the condemnation is the opposite of humility. Condemnation is all the other bros who are like, I'm a wretch. I'm a slave. Oh, God, I am condemned. And that, oh, don't touch me, God. I'm dirty. And it's like that, that, that is the opposite of humility. Humility is like, wow, Lord, like I receive your atonement. I, I am clean. I'm clean, bro. By the blood of Jesus, I am now blessed. That, that's humility, right? If we have this low-grade condemnation or this high-grade pride, we, we will not come into the blessing of the Lord. But by humility, I am a son. I am a king that Christ is king of. I am blessed. I am blessed. Not by my, not by my works, you know, not by my self-righteousness. It, it is by Christ's righteousness that I am blessed. And then by fear of the Lord, right? So this is the next point. As, as opposed to what? As contrasted to what? By fear of man. Right, so many of us we have fear of man, and that's where the victimhood part comes in. Right, is you you look at all these normies, or you look at all these clowns who are in positions of power above you, and you're like, oh, I'm a victim of them. Like they're just so retarded. Why won't they? Oh God, I'm a victim of their retardation. You know, and it's like, no, 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 we're not a victim. We're not a victim, chaps. Fear of the Lord. 
with fear of the Lord, we are not victims. You have to, you have to grasp this. Because if we're afraid of losing our job, if we're afraid of being ostracized, if we're afraid of being pursued, if we're afraid of being attacked and confronted by normies and clowns, we are admitting victimhood, right? A victim is someone who is at the mercy of someone else. We're not at their mercy. We're at the mercy of the Lord. That is fear. I am at, I am a victim of the Lord's blessing, if you want to, if you want to call it that. You understand? And with the Lord, chaps, majority doesn't matter. Democracy doesn't matter. Consensus and equality and diversity and all of this stuff, none of it matters. Because we're we're not, we're not our own little individual trying to make his way in the world. No, by humility. And fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Chaps, I, I promise you now, everything you want and you think you have to get by obeying the clowns and by playing it low and all this stuff, it's like, no, no, no. Come and find it through humility and fear of the Lord. So, praise God. Un-Canadian, welcome, fine sir. Who dares wins. Good evening, lads. My goodness. <coughs> As you can see, I'm still overcoming my coof for some reason but I have overcome. Afro NRX, welcome, my fine chocolate brother. It is good to have you on. So as it were, I uh, I wanted to really hit this thing of, of we few, uh, we happy few. I've been, uh, I've been, I was just uh, watching, oh, we're watching, uh, Christmas has started after <laughs> the Christmas season has started now in, in my, my extended family. We were watching Home Alone yesterday after dinner. Uh, and uh, there was an, an advertisement halfway through the movie from Jimmy Dean's Sausage. <laughs> but it's this old Texas boy. And he's like talking about his sausage. And there's like this old American accent that came out. And you're like, man, like, you know, I've noticed it with, with my wife. She'll show me some things on Instagram every now and then, like reels. And you start realizing all of these girls are being trained to speak in a in a now standardized Instagram accent. You know, so all these girls have lost their regional accents and are speaking a Instagram standard accent. It's the same way with Hollywood, right? Hollywood has the standard American accent. And uh, we are taught, because it's it's a vision so put in front of us, we are losing our regional accents. It's the same for myself. You know, when, when I get off the phone with old Marcel or, or anyone else, my South African accent is, is back up again because it's, 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 it's practice, right? It's, it's vision. It's, it's hearing. <clears throat> but when I was working in Kentucky and I was on the phone with guys, like they couldn't understand me. And so I would start copying their accent to try and make myself understood. <clears throat> and so what we see with Instagram and with Hollywood is the normie, the normie programming software that God has designed us all with to, to get to kind of assimilate to each other. We, because we want to fit in so much, we start copying the select. Right. And so anyway, I was just like riffing on that. And I was like, it really is sad. You know, if you go back to like fifties uh, media in America of interviews and things of, of just normal people back then and start to pick up the, the old American accents and regional accents and things like that. So that was really fun. And then th through that, I then started getting into uh, English, old interviews of English. So like I was listening to Tolkien <coughs> and then I got into uh, just a few speeches uh, that Shakespeare uh, wrote and guys were performing it. And one of those was uh, 
St. Crispin's Day uh, with Henry uh, V when he was outnumbered five to one, I do believe, by the French. He had, and and I just finished reading that as well in that in that history of of the British people's uh, book. He uh, he was cut off from the sea. He was trying to beat a retreat back over to England. He was campaigning in in France, trying to protect his uh, his crown lands in in France, <clears throat> and the uh, French king had cut him off from the sea, and he was outnumbered, uh, vastly outnumbered. But in this beautiful. Uh, speech you know it's it's not necessarily a it's fictional because shakespeare wrote it after the time but such is romance and such is uh the ways of shakespeare that is like wow this is rousing and and you know we need this mythology we need this mythology to to rouse us to our our our, our ideals you know but anyway in in this uh in the speech that henry gives <coughs> before the battle where they are outnumbered his cousin Westmoreland, he's basically lamenting that they've only got you know so many troops, and meanwhile back in England, uh, you know all these chaps who are unemployed are just lounging around. And he's like, oh, if we could just have a tenth of all of the chaps who are lounging around in evening wear in England here upon this battlefield with us today, uh, to which uh, Henry says, oh my cousin, uh, do not say such words. Uh, you know, if there were more men here to die. Uh, that you know, if there were more men here to to uh, to die alongside us or fight alongside us. Uh, our glory would be diluted, and it's like, what a based old boy. But he he goes on to say, you know, in fact, if anyone here does not wish to fight alongside us today, I will pay his way back to England so that he may join those men lounging around, and there will be fewer of us uh, to win the glory today. And he says, we few, we happy few, and he's basically just like being an absolute Chad. And realizing that God is on his side, you know, and if God is on your side, it's literally the, uh, who was the chap who was, um, who was, uh, threshing wheat in a wine press Gideon, you know, where Gideon, he gets the whole army together to go and fight the Philistines. And then as he's on his way, God says to him, right, uh, let's cut out a whole bunch of these chaps because I am going to give you the victory, you know? And so we need to have this, this real, uh, call in our bones chaps in this, kind of civilizational Christendom-wide task, right? You know, the, this Nehemiah task of like, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. What does that work? We are rebuilding Christendom, right? Uh, we had that technology. Uh, it's very painful to build back. Uh, and we're building it back. You know, we're building back Christendom. It's a, it's a, it's a hard task with many, many uh, opponents who would want us to come down from that lofty task. And it's like, no, no, no. We few, we happy few. You know, we, we're not... Uh, what is that Psalm? I think it's 127, 128, but it's like, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And that's what it is, chaps. You know, we, we want the Lord uh, to labor on our behalf. And that's not that we don't work, that we stop working. No, no, no. You know, Proverbs is clear. It says, make a plan in your heart and then the Lord will direct your steps. So we want to be building on what the Lord is building, you know, and that's why we come back to by humility and fear of the Lord our riches and honor and life. It's a good thing to build toward riches and honor and life. But we do it uh, humbly and, and as unto the Lord, fearing the Lord, because it is the Lord who builds the house and we will not labor in vain. Henry Parks, welcome, fine sir. Humility makes one realize the joy of grug posting. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I think it's one of the biggest freedoms in my life. You know, not trying to 
impress the big brains. You know, it's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, each of us has a coin to give. You know, some men have 10 coins, some men have one coin. <clears throat> the judgment on a man is not how many coins of talent he pos he possesses. The judgment on the man is whether he he gives that coin, he works that coin as unto the Lord. Copper Star, welcome, fun sir. Scott is too happy for me today, trying to be in a bad mood, but no, all the based kings pulling me out. Well, praise God, brother. Praise God. And that's it, chaps. It's okay to be down. You know, the Bible even says that. He says, uh, if there's one chap, he will fall. But if, the, if there are two men together, you know, he has another to lift him up. So be lifted up, fine, sir. Afro interacts, the Band of Brothers speech is a must read. Who dares wins? Band of Brothers was a great series. Yes, also a wonderful, wonderful series. Yeah, so this whole thing, again, you know, what is what is the antidote to despair and victimhood? Because it's like, it's like, okay, great, rah, rah. We few, we happy few, we can we can lift ourselves out of a momentary victimhood or despair, right? But herein is is the long game. You know, the long game is okay. It's not enough just to change our mindset. We also now have to go and do. We have to go and work. Uh, faith, because this is what we're doing, right? We're 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 building up faith. What are we building up faith? We're building up faith that God sees us in secret. You know, because that's the biggest problem with with Elijah. He's like, God, do you see me? You know. I'm the lost one and they're trying to kill me too. Do you see me? And God comes and says, I see you. And there's 7,000 others. Go back and work. Faith, he, his faith is built up that God sees him and he's on the right track. Here's your track. Go back on the road on which you came and go work. <clears throat> go as, and work your gift. Go work your talent as unto the Lord. And so here's, here's the huge key for, for us, chaps. It's good to have our faith lifted up. It's good to have a positive vision. It's good to look on our brothers and be like, okay, my brother's still fighting. My brother's still standing. My brother took a hit and he never folded. You know, this guy made it. This guy's testimony. Like this guy, he went through rock bottom. The clowns came after him and then he just absolutely crushed. You know, or even like, well, this guy died in glory and my God, when I die, I'm going to die like that. You know, it's like, it's all of these, these absolute faith builders for us. It's so important to read biographies. It's so important to fellowship with men uh, who who are going out of the camp and fighting. And so that is it for us, is this long-term thing now, <clears throat> is that faith without works is dead. Uh, in the book of James, it says, reading the word, getting our faith built up, is like beholding yourself in a mirror. You, you, you can see clearly. But if you do not now go and do, then you 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 walk away and you forget. You forget what you look like. You forget your identity. You forget your purpose. And so many of us, we get into funks like that, man. We we become victims and, and despair because of our context. You know, same with David. Goes out into the desert. Same with Joseph. He gets sold into slavery. <coughs> I'm sure they had moments of despair and victimhood. And like, oh God, do you see me? And then, you know, the Lord comes and speaks. The Lord comes and encourages. The Lord comes and says, I see you. Now go and work. And this, this identity and this purpose is reinstilled, right? You, you remember again who you are. You're a king that Christ is king of. You're not a victim. You're not a slave. You're not a, some desert outcast. You're a king that Christ is king of. Clean yourself up and go give your gift. And so this is the key to us building uh, a constancy of faith, a constancy of good attitude, a constant, you know, how did David have good attitude for 10 years in the desert? How did Joseph had, have a good attitude for 14 years in slavery? It's because they, they were working their gift as unto the Lord. And I don't think they were focusing 
on their victimhood, focusing on their despair. Because Jeps, all of us have something to despair over. All of us have something to to be victimized about. You know, Harry and Meghan, freaking millionaire royal, uh, top of the status hierarchy. Oh, Oprah, you won't. Oh, please help. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter who you are. You will find something to victimize and, and despair over. And our, our culture wants that. They want to demoralize you. They want to degenerate you into victimhood. And so far, it's like, all right, Lord, I'm not going to focus on that stuff. I'm going to focus on your word, right? I'm going to focus on my 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 peers, my 7,000 who are, who are not folding, who have not folded. <clears throat> and I'm now going to go give my gift. So, so this is the, the big part now, is that we have to set before ourselves a vision, right? And so uh, that's why I said... Um, let me just see what I, I wrote down here because uh, don't want to don't want to get it wrong here, Jeps. Anything worth doing is worth doing imperfectly, slowly, and on a shoestring. What would you do if you had the know-how, the time, and the money to do it? Because th- that's the biggest thing right here is is things that stop us from from doing things. Right? We we have this vision of like, Lord, this is what I would want to do. You know, make a plan in your heart. The Lord will direct your steps. Give your gift and God will make room for you and bring you before great men. And so we're like, okay, this is what I'd like to do. You know, this is my the trade or the service or the product or the uh the industry or the domain, whatever. This is like, Lord, this would make me feel pumped if I was doing this thing. You know, like these are the guys who I really look up to. I would like my life to look like this. <clears throat> and so the the three like major things that stop us, number one is know-how. Like, well, I don't know how to become a property millionaire. The second thing is time. We are we are psyoped into thinking like, well, if you're not a millionaire by the age of 21, let me tell you, you're a, you're a washout. Uh, you're a bloody dropout. Yeah, it's like, chaps, you've got, <laughs> you've got God willing till 80 to 120 years old. You know, you can keep crashing till the day you die. You've got a long time. You know, it's that classic Tony Robbins thing of like people... Uh, overestimate what they can do in a year. You know, like I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of this year, baby. And they underestimate what they can do over a decade. You know, this decade long thinking, this 10 year thinking, this generational long thinking, because that's the other thing, right? Let's say I'm just a one talent man. You know, I'd love to be, I'd love to be a problem, you know, billionaire property uh, developer, let me tell you. And, you know, by the end of, by the end of my life, let's say I have 10 properties, you know, it's like, oh, Scott, that day uh, you're a failure. Uh, you failed, eh? Uh, that's uh, but that's a uh, fail. That's like no, <laughs> like direction is more important than speed, because my son will pick up from where I left off. My grandson, you know, a righteous man leaves an inheritance. That's the time issue, right? A lot of us are like, I don't have not enough time. It's like, dude, you're forty years old. You've got forty years. You've got lived ahead of you, God willing. You know, if you're sixty years old. I'm 60 years old and I'm, I can't, it's like, you've got 20 years, God willing, in front of you of productive time that you can go and crash with wisdom, with life experience thrown in, you know, <clears throat> this thing of time is, is such a psyop. Chaps, long game thinking, slow plodding tortoise thinking. <clears throat> and then the third one there is, I believe, uh, resources. What did I say? And on a shoestring. Yeah. So what do we do if you had the money to do it? So, so often we're like, oh, I don't have the money just to, you know, I want to be, I want to be a property developer. Ah, I just don't have the money to go out and just drop money on, 
on stuff or like, oh, I want to be a farmer. I don't have money. Just go drop money. And it's like, what can you do now with what you have? You know, this it's David in the desert that enabled him to, to be such a good king in the palace. You know, if you come straight into the palace with all the resources, all the relationships, all the stuff, you know, think of, it, of your own life, how being limited by resources has actually made you more resourceful. It's made you more characterful. It's made you more interesting of a person. It's made you more uh, wise and skillful. It's made you more uh, able and competent and strong because you couldn't just go out and buy the thing, you had to do it yourself. Or you couldn't just go out and solve the thing. You had to carry the thing, carry the burden for a little bit longer. What can you do with the resources you have right now? And you know, you, you ask yourself, not I can't afford it. How can I afford it? How can I do it? How can I? You know, so we really want to hit on this thing. What would you do if you had the know-how, if you had the time, and if you had the money to do it? Act as if you do and get after it. Because this is one of the, the biggest issues for God's men, right? David, Abraham, Joseph, Jonathan, Gideon. <coughs> name, name your patriarchs. Name your patriarchs. God has given us work to do. He's given us work to do. That is, that is one of our purposes of being alive on this earth, is to extend Christ's dominion through our work. You know, it's Adam of like, Steward the garden, now extend it, work as unto the Lord. And that's what we find our pleasure in. That's what we find our, our meaning in, our, our belonging, our purpose through, you know. Um, and so, so for so many of us, we're either psyoped into the, the communist kind of uh, work is drudgery and slavery. Uh, yeah, this is terrible. I'm a, it's a wage slave, you know, and, 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 and rightly so. There are many jobs that are absolutely you know, terrible to work and stuff. But what you must understand is that it's not, it's not work that is bad. It's your context of that work that is, you know, that is not, maybe it's not a righteous boss. Maybe it's not a wise way of doing the thing, you know, of like, I am, I am manually doing something that I could do a thousand times quicker if there was a bit of wisdom or, you know, I'm just, there's many things that make work enjoyable that maybe you're not experiencing, but work can be enjoyable because work is worship as unto the Lord. Work is how you extend Christ's dominion. And so it's like, okay, maybe I wasn't born to be an accountant tapping on Excel all day. So it's like, you know, and I went into that because that was just what happened. And it's like, okay, you've got, you know, 60, 40, 20, however many years ahead of you, inshallah, time to, to start making a plan to get into work that, that you think would honor the Lord and would bring you absolute just room. That would, that would, you know, I'm giving my gift. My gift is not as an accountant. My gift is not as an accountant. So it's like, that is not going to make room for me, you know? So I just want to encourage you guys, man. One of the biggest issues in, two, two of the biggest stress issues in people's lives is money and work. You know, and those two are kind of like intertwined, money and work. And so as Christians, it's not to go all Gnostic and be like, well, money doesn't matter, brothers. Just, just you know, money doesn't matter, brothers. It's more blessed to be poor, brothers. And it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not true. That's not true. Money matters a great deal. We don't worship money. Uh, it's like, it's, it is that, that adage, adage of like oxygen is very important. We don't worship oxygen. But you make sure that if your kid is choking, you bloody get that sorted out. 
because oxygen is important. Without oxygen, we die. It's the same way in, in the modern world. Without money, uh, we die. You know, how do you have a roof of your head and food in your belly and security uh, from violent men? You know, how do you protect your children? You know, all this stuff is like, chaps, it is righteous to leave an inheritance to your children's children. You know, it's just this, this issue of like, we're not going to. So, so here's the other. The first psyop is this communist workers evil. The second psyop is this capitalist thing of like the only meaning in life is to become wealthy and 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 a millionaire, a startup billionaire entrepreneur. And that's also, you know, it's like, well, God bless you if that happens. That's wonderful. But don't base your whole life on, don't base your worth and your identity on your bank account number. Because, and, and this is the, the key the key thing, right? What would you do with $10 million, right? So many people are like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. Why? <clears throat> because it would allow you to now finally do the work that that is on your heart to do. You know, because so many people are like, Oh, well, if I had $10 million, I would just invest it. And it's like, okay, then what would you do with the dividends? What would you do with that? I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Then I would I would travel and I would buy a nice house and a Lamborghini. And it's like, okay, okay. Once you've done all that, then what would you do? Then maybe I would, you know, I really like cats. I would start a cat sanctuary. And it's like, okay, you're now heading on something that's more important to you. And it's like, you know, God bless the people who love animals and stuff like oh steve owen yeah bloody everyone loves steve owen but god bless him he was doing you know he was stewarding creation he was doing the lord's work and so many guys are like yeah i would be the steve owen and it's like uh, but i don't have the charisma i'm a one coin steve owen okay great then be the steve owen of your neighborhood be the steve owen or you know be the call out guy to come and rescue all the animals in your area that's fine great god bless you've now found what you would do if money were removed and so the biggest issue that the capitalistic psyop has given our generation is that okay boom you've hit the 10 million net worth number you've made it but you're a success you are the american dream you've made it in life and then these guys go ah, well that you know what next so they're like okay well now it's 20 million boys all right 20 million all right let's go 20 million okay and it gives them purpose gives them meaning and they get to 20 million it's like all right well well what now all right well uh 30 30 million all right let's go 30 you know it's like money is a tool Money is not a, a, a an identity. Money is not a purpose. Money is a tool to your purpose, you know? And so the, the biggest question we're asking here that we're trying to alleviate for so many of us is what would we be doing if we did have the money? And for so many of us, it would be like kind of exactly what I'm trying to do now, just at a bigger scale because you can grease the wheels a bit more, you know? So like for a lot of guys, it's like, I'm already coaching rugby, just not for money. I'm already growing plants and, and trying to farm I would just be able to do it with my own land. I'm already trying to uh, steward property and uh, I would just be able to, you know, it's like you would be able to, you know, I'm already building a media organization and, and trying to encourage guys. And it's like, all right, now you'd be able to, you know, uh, scale it up a bit more. And so what we're seeing is a lot of guys who are in the desert of their work, i.e. the preparation stage, the prove to yourself that you can carry the load, prove to the outcasts around you that you're a good guy for them to, to partner with. <clears throat> that one that one day when you're when you're strong enough to bear the palace god can bring you straight in you know and that's the biggest problem with with how we've guys have been brought up in liberalism is that we're like i don't have the money so i'm not going to start until i do i don't have the know-how i'm not going to start until i do i don't have the time i'm not going to start until i do whatever that means you know or like i've missed it i'm not going to start i've missed the time I'm not 18 anymore. I can't go to trade school. 
I'm not 18 anymore. I can't write an email to someone to say, can I come and shadow you for work experience? I'm not 18 anymore. I can't go do a, a no pay internship. I'm not 18 anymore. I can't take the risk of living on ramen and my friend's couch. I'm not, and it's like, that's all lies, chaps. You've got, you've got years and years and years, God willing, in front of you to start, just get in the direction, get in the direction of what you want to do. And it's like, all right, Lord, like I'm not worried about time anymore. I'm not worried about know-how. I'm not worried about the, the scale of resource. I'm going to slowly plot along this way. And then what's great is that God will direct your steps. A man plans away in his heart. God will direct his steps. So you start stepping, right? Now opportunities will come up. You know, opportunities will come along. Problems will come along. And, you know, uh, Edison of problems are opportunities disguised as work or something like that. <clears throat> but it's like, all right, now everything that comes into your life is going in that direction. So a problem comes up, an opportunity comes up. It's like, it's very easy for you as well. You know, of like, <clears throat> what are what am I heading towards? It's like, oh, I would like... I would like to rival CNN uh, or Shapiro uh, in media influence. You know, if that's like a vision of mine, then it's like, you know, an opportunity comes up and it's like, does this opportunity bring you close to that or away from that? And then it becomes very easy to like make, to make decisions, right? A problem comes up. Well, here's four options of solving that problem. Which option keeps me going toward my, my vision? You know, and it's like, that's what we really need to get to this place of like, because so many of us are demoralized by the normies, demoralized by the degeneracy and the culture of the clowns and clown world because we're not actually doing anything. We're not, we're not building in the desert. We're not going towards things and seeing God take us and direct our steps. The moment you start seeing momentum, the moment you start seeing relationships and resources and, uh, and know-how and all the stuff start like coming together, even in small little ways, you know, small little victories. You're like, no ways. Life's amazing. I don't really care about the world because about clown world because I'm building Christendom. You know, that's where we want to be, chaps. That's what is so absolutely white pilling is when you're working on stuff. And I'm sure all of you guys have kind of experienced this in, in a way where you are doing something and some guy comes along who's talking about it and he's like talking all about it and he thinks he's talking about all this thing and like you've done it. You don't have a need to be demoralized by him or be irritated by him or frustrated by him because you're like, I'm doing it. Like, I don't care what you have to like, well, Scott, you actually can't just live stream without a camera set up and you can't just say, and it's like, I'm doing it. I don't care. I don't care what you say. Like I'm doing it. You know, and I'm sure it's the same with a lot of things for you guys. You're just doing stuff. And some guy comes along. He's like, well, you actually can't uh, just do it. You need to have the know-how. Uh, you need to put time into it and you need to have money. Let me tell you. And it's like, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm, I don't care. And it's the same way with guys when they, when they try and demoralize you, when clown world tries to demoralize you, realize what they are doing. They are trying to get you to come down from your great task of building Christendom through your gift. You know, they're trying to make you come down. And that's when you're just like, I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down to outrage. I'm not coming down to black pill and despair. I'm not coming down to, to give up my great work as unto the Lord. So praise God. Mr. Max, humility is such a gift. When I coach people, those with humility do much better than those with an overabundance of ego. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I bet it's the same. Like, that's probably what the Lord says about us. When I'm coaching these young guys, when I'm coaching my top guys, 
Uh, let me tell you, the ones with humility are a lot easier to coach. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Max, uh, to who does wins? I can't enjoy anything World War II themed. There is always too much propaganda in it. Yeah, I, I watched, uh, I recently, uh, again, I was at my in-law's place and and uh, after lunch or dinner, whatever, they, they just, we were all sitting in the lounge and, and popped on uh, an episode of Band of Brothers. And it was the one where they go and liberate the the concentration camp. And I was just like, this whole episode was just a huge um, violin episode. It's like action, fighting, brothers, amazing. And then like one and a half hours of like violin and then like action, fighting, brother. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it, it do be like that. Marcel, welcome, Fansu. This travel ban made me outraged today. Look like my desert time is not up yet. Yeah, sheesh, brother. So are you not, uh, are you not able to uh, make it home just yet? What's the deal there? <clears throat> Who dares wins? I agree, but Band of Brothers is more about the men and their bond than anything else. Afro NRX, humility, courage, and faithfulness. You know, there's a really cool uh, saying that some guy told me a, a couple of years back that's always stuck with me. Uh, he said, um, understanding is knowing what is in front of you. So understanding is knowing, is seeing rightly what is in front of you. Wisdom is knowing what God wants you to do with what is in front of you. Faithfulness is doing it. Now the opposite, of, so understanding is knowing what is in front of you. Wisdom is knowing what God wants you to do with what's in front of you. Faithfulness is doing it. So the opposite of understanding is ignorance. You're ignorant. You're ignorant of what is going on in front of you. You know, you have no, you have no clue what's going on in front of you. The opposite of wisdom is foolishness, right? So if you do know what's going on in front of you, but you do not do what the Lord wants you to do, you're a fool. If you do not follow God's ways for what is in front of you, you're a fool. And then the opposite of faithfulness is faithlessness. So if you do know what's going on in front of you, you know what God wants you to do, but you do not do it, you are faithless. I thought that was a really cool little thing. Copper Star, short story from Thanksgiving. My parents and in-laws were indulging each other in Boomer Tia Trump DeSantis 24 crap. And just when I couldn't take anymore, they start talking about going in on a cow or pig together. Small victory. Let me tell you, folks. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks. Let's not talk about 24, but let us talk about how that pork chop is going to be just frankly delicious. Very cool. Small victories. Rob, welcome, Fansu. I hope you're well in your mountain hideout compound. Uh, Copper Star, $10 million urge to Carthage Post. Mr. Max, with 10 mil, I'll buy land so we can build a neo-Amish community. Let me tell you, chaps, we must shave the lip and then grow the beard. Very, very impressive. It would be like a uniform of sorts. Who dares wins? I'd invest in BlackRock. Well, that's the thing. For me, it's Bloodrock. We make our own. White student transmission. Welcome, fine sir. The facts. Very good. Yeah, gentlemen. So praise God, man. Praise God. You know, I think, uh, I think as well with holidays, it's fun as well to see all the reing that goes on with the journalists, you know? So obviously with, um, with Thanksgiving and, and then obviously with Christmas coming up, you know, the journal, the journalists uh, are going to be doing everything in their will uh, to crush 
the Christmas spirit, to crush the Christian family holy days. And it's like, I think it's it's not to take the bait. You know, it's not to focus on them. It's not to focus on their on their demoralization vision. It's like, no, look at positive vision. Keep your eyes, you know, even, even after all of the Rittenhouse stuff and <clears throat> whatnot, it's like, okay, I've had too much media time. I've had too much looking into normie world. Uh, it's back to cutting out all the news stories, like mute, block, unfollow, like no more time on the timeline. Like, Jeffs, we can't afford to come down. We can't afford to come down from our task of doing stuff, no matter how slowly, no matter how imperfectly, and no matter how budget shoestringly, we've got to keep working on our own, in our own family sphere, in our own local economy, our own tribal institutions. We've got to keep our life grounded in action, faith into works. And so I just wanted to encourage you guys with that, um, you know, especially from yesterday. I think I think I could feel I could feel the corporate kind of uh, disinformation and and demoralization campaign really going hard. You know, especially with all of the idiocy of, of, you know, so much of normie world. It's like, I'm not affected by it. I, I'm crushing as unto the Lord. I will not come down. So God bless you, gentlemen. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Um, probably do four o'clock tomorrow. Love you, boys. Have a good one. And remember, we few, we happy few. <laughs>